1: Hello and welcome to part one of the high school one-shot for No Rolls Bard podcast version. We're all audio and it's exciting. I'm joined by uh, the resident um, dean, the crusty old dean of uh, No Rolls Bard. Tom, hi, Tom. Robot House. Uh, we will be talking to you after the show, but obviously we want to drop you right into it. So here, you, here we are, the first part of High School No Rolls-Bart.
3: Hello, and welcome back to CBW, where the big boys are school boys. My name is Tom, head... Master here at CBW, and these are
1: our players. Hello, I'm Adam, and I am playing Paul Monitor, a Hall Monitor, and I am the veteran class. My name's Lo, I'll be
2: playing Rita Hexbook, and i class. iconoclast.
0: Hello, darlings,
4: my name's Laurie, I'm playing Amelia Dramica, and I am the provocateur. <laughs> My name's Ollie Davis and I'm playing Rick
0: Thunder, the High Flyer. Sup dudes, I'm Luke Ed and I'm gonna be playing Tracker Belton.
3: <laughs> right, <laughs> let's do a fight. If conflict is the essence of drama, then drama is the essence of high school shakespearean feuds erupt amidst the lockers as childhood friends become mortal enemies cliques clash like warring tribes to strengthen their status and mark their territory and the tuna surprise is far from the darkest secret bubbling away in the cafeteria ready to overflow and flood the student body in a sea of discord and casserole things run a little differently however here at Grapp valley high There is a calm in the classrooms and corridors. From first bell to last, all walks of school life stride side by side, safe from sharp words and cruel intentions. But by what means can such a mellow mood be maintained in the hot-blooded house of hormones and hostility that is senior high? Cast your eyes and ears below the oblivious footsteps of a clueless faculty to an abandoned basement where scholastic scufflers settle their differences by beating the living schoolhouse out of each other. It's peace in the halls and war in the ring here at CBW. Welcome to Classroom Brawler Wrestling. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dudes.
3: Welcome everyone to Classroom Brawler Wrestling and welcome to another meeting of Quarrel Club. Prepare yourselves as these extracurricular contenders clash inside and outside the ropes in the name of peer pressure, popularity, and pandemonium. The school day starts as any other. The sun is shining in the skies of Grap Valley. And students are bustling around the parking lot outside the high school, eager to learn, eager to get to class, eager to go about the business of being an adolescent. One car, however, begins a smooth and speedy pull into a parking spot that has not been seen before this day on the pavements of Grapp Valley High. It is a ghost grey 1984 Pontiac Trans Am and as it pulls into the last wide spot, it by mere inches drifts out of the way of a group of gnarly looking bikers on heavy Harley-Davidson's wearing thick leather jackets, faces marked with scars and worse. You hear a low grumble, not just of the bike's engines, but also from deep within these bikers as the sweetest parking spot in school has been taken from them. Ollie, please can you tell us who emerges from this ghost-cray automobile?
4: Opening, the door opens upwards like the Knight Rider car, and he steps out, and here is Rick Thunder, just having arrived from another dimensional time frame. He looks around. Tamagotchis? Burbies? Is that a blockbuster on campus? <laughs> I'm home! I've made it! Back home, Rick Thunder! In time! and I run over to the first person I see. I'm like, did you watch Danger Zone on TV last night? I'm the star Rick Thunder.
3: Uh, The first person you see is also running out to greet you, a very uh, neatly dressed uh, young lady with cropped blonde hair, a little pin keeping it together just above the temple. She's wearing a uh, a button-up cardigan and very smart shoes. Uh, She Holds out a hand to yours as you run up to her. Oh, so nice to meet you. My name is Polly Tick. I'm the head of the student body here. Student body president, if you will. Uh, I have not seen you around here. You're definitely new in town. She holds her
4: hand. You might not have seen me around here, but surely you've seen me on TV in the network TV series, The Hit, with all the 18 to 48 demographics.
3: It's Danger Zone. Oh, uh, it, it must... It must be on some obscure cable channel. I mean, I, I consider myself a, a fan of popular television. I, I, do, I do like to keep it on in the background as I get on with my paperwork, and I have never heard of the show. Do you say it was called Rick Thunder Danger Zone? Rick Thunder's Danger Zone, correct. Um, this, just, just give me
4: a second. Something doesn't feel right here. I'm in the right time, but surely everyone would have seen the mega TV series hit Danger Zone in which I starred. So I go over to my car, Danger Zone, and I say, run the numbers, just, just do some stats. And it tells me I'm in the right time, but this is not my reality. This is a different dimension. And then the car boot pops open, or the trunk, and I go around the back. Danger Zone is prepared for me because I have to find my way back home using the science club, and I've got to go deep undercover. <laughs> Dun, 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 oh 30 f- thirty-five-year-old Rick Thunder, <laughs> not this. <laughs> Must maybe do his biggest challenge yet. Okay. <laughs> What's up, fellow kids?
3: Infiltrate the school.
2: Oh my God! Oh my God. Never and get
4: back this. home. <laughs>
3: Um okay. Uh so uh Polly is watching you rush to your car, um, delve inside the um the front seat and then pull these things out of the boot. Uh, are you are you okay there, Rick? Um Are you are you all right? You last let, let, let me let me show you around. And she puts um like a firm arm around your shoulder and just starts uh leading you through the parking lot, um, up the steps and into the main lobby of the school. Uh oh, well uh this is, this is Grapp Valley High. We have the uh, best academic record of any school in all of Grapp Valley and the best spawning record, too. We are pretty much unmatched as a, as a uh, building of education and extracurricular activity. Uh, as you can see here, and she gestures towards the notice board, we are only two days away from prom. Everyone's very excited. Uh, make sure you get yourself a date. <laughs> well, I think everyone's already taken uh, Also, we're just, uh, just a day away from one of the biggest extracurricular events of the year The school play And she gestures towards a whole uh, row of posters for Macbeth And you see on the poster a prom king and prom queen um, Prom king is, is sort of lantern-jawed But sort of very uh, delicately featured uh, And the prom queen has uh, long red hair And is staring at bloody hands um, there are a whole bunch of these posters, but you also see that some of them have been torn down in places uh, and over the top of some crudely stuck on with blue tack and a staple gun. Uh, other posters for Swan Lake, courtesy of the Grap Valley High Dance Club. Yeah, there seems to be a bit of contention there about who was going to headline the end of year showcase, but I have more important things to worry about. Come, so uh, tell me, uh, what do you do? What's your, what's your thing? I am. A, uh,
4: I'm, I'm a high school student who's just here to, to join the science club. But I must say, I, I would love to go to the prom. I remember my first prom. I mean, I love dances and I would love to come along. By the way, the car is following me through the school hall at this <laughs> point.
3: Danger Zone is just tracking uh, in my wake. Make, and make a look roll to see how subtle Danger Zone is able to do that. With my look, that is nine. Nine. That's nine. Yeah, um, it's it's so close to prom. It's so close to the end of the year that the students are so wrapped up in their own business they do not notice a nineteen eighty four Pontiac Trans Am just very slowly trundling um, through the corridors. <laughs> um, uh, uh, look, of course, I mean, of course you're a, of course you're a high school student. You're in a high school and you're wearing a beanie. But what's your what's your clique? What's your club? What's your? Well, I, I think I should. You know, I'm. I...
4: I love, love the, the quarterbacking for the, the football. You because, have nice broad but, shoulders, she says, and taps you on them. Thank you. Uh, but I really need to get to that science gang. I love
3: the science. Well, I mean, school hasn't started yet, and. Well. Everyone knows where the nerds go before school starts, right? The library. Oh, no, somewhere a little. Deeper than the library. Come on. Come on, you kid. I'll show you. And she gestures you down the hall around a corner and opens a uh, a slightly dirty and disused looking door that leads to some steps. As Danger Zone just trundles around the corner and then starts, as you descend those steps into the basement level, sort of shunts awkwardly against the doorframe, not able to fit himself through because he's a car. <laughs> Okay, um, we cut now <laughs> down to the basement level, the sub abandoned sub-basement level of uh, Grapp Valley High, where about maybe half the students in attendance at Grap Valley Senior High have gathered in a broad circle of uh, chants and jeers and shaking fists to form a makeshift fighting arena on a cold, dirty concrete floor. Uh, there is a, a makeshift ramp cobbled together clearly by the kids from shop class um, that leads up into a back area. And the a, an old edutron screen is hung from chains and zip ties above the ramp. The audience hush briefly as a, a tall figure makes his way down the ramp with a clunky-looking microphone in his hand. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. To another meeting of Quarrel Club. It's a big time of year here at Grapp Valley High. Big things happen and big things end in. Ending for some of us for good as we move on to better or hopefully better things. But contention still runs rife in the halls of Grapp Valley. And contention is exactly what we settle here down in classroom brawler wrestling. The following contest is scheduled for one fall. The winner's call. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Thank you. The winners will headline the end of year showcase before the prom tomorrow night. Making her way to the ring, hailing from the heart of the nation itself. America's sweetheart, Amelia Dramica. I would actually just like to apologise for what is about to happen. I've been told that this is way too earnest, so here we go. Um, someone comes to the stage in a little tuxedo with their own little microphone and says, Ladies and gentlemen, you are about to be treated to a performance of Oh Woe Is Me from the upcoming play Macbeth the Musical. As her entrance, it is Amelia Dramica.
4: And out comes uh, Amelia into a spotlight and says, Oh life! Disease has spread to my whole self. My arms, my legs, my hands. They reek of blood. Oh, life, be gone, you spots. Oh, spots, be gone. Spots remain. The blood remains on me. Out, foul spot. Out, foul
3: spotlight. The spotlight goes out. It pops back into life, shining down on her. She's wearing a sparkly medieval gown piano music begins to play in as she sings a song on her way to the ring i
4: am lady macbeth my head's in a mess because what we done <laughs> when we killed duncan and we took his headdress oh yes macbeth he killed for a crown now this is his town i'm his queen can't get queen prophecy says we're going down oh double double some toil and some trouble But you witches, you bitches, you can't burst
3: my bubble I'm Macbeth, Lady Macbeth You won't see my death It's off the page, off the stage, that's one Now he's the only one left Yes,
4: he's Macbeth, the star of the show But I want you to know that being king ain't no thing When you're
0: missing your bow Oh no, Macbeth Nads. (laughs)
3: Nads, nads. <laughs> Making her way to the ring, hailing from Sweet Ballet Grap Valley, <laughs> the Dancer of the Step Checker, the Girl with the Dragon Tutu, the Maniac Felicity <laughs> Flash Vance. <laughs> um, all of a sudden, heavy, uh, heavy drum machine and heavy synth burst into life from the old speakers and a muscly-looking young woman uh, in a single, and a a black one-piece with heavy leg warmers and her arms and her feet, and like a thick mop of curly, dark hair, just starts running down the ramp, stomping her feet in little tiny steps, arms pumping up and down. She flings her head back, bends back almost 180 degrees, um, so her head is looking back up the ramp again, and then flings herself back forward, continues to dance down, arms pumping, feet tapping. It briefly cuts to a pit bull terrier for a moment, then cuts back, and she continues to make her way down the ramp. Um, And then she stops, in the middle of the ring, right in front of you, flings her body back again, uh, flings herself forward, looks at you in the eye, points at her eyeballs, points at yours, and then steps back and braces herself into a sort of half combat, half ballet kind of position, sort of dipping in a sort of half plie on one leg. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, this. This is so beneath me. This is—it's just not my thing. Understudy on genou. Uh, and uh, someone coming comes out wearing a red wig to take my place in the match. Yeah. Okay, make a make a look roll on that. <laughs> a wig, you say? <laughs> yes. Not,
1: not like me, obviously. Uh, I only rolled a
3: five on that. <laughs> um, oh dear. Okay. So as soon as um, your understanding makes her way through the, uh, through, through the parting audience and onto the ring, Felicity steps a couple of steps back, bends her knees, and then basically goes into one of her signature moves, the sock hop, which is a ballet jeté into a Superman punch. And immediately her fist connects with the side of the jaw. Um, your understanding collapses back into the audience again, and you are left alone with uh, Felicity Flash. What are you doing? Uh, I am going to run in and I'm going to grab her leg uh, and this is a, a move from Beth called the dragon screw your courage to the sticking place and I'm gonna try and flip her over. Okay that sounds like a work roll. I'm not good at that either. Uh, no that's a three. <laughs> um, okay so... Amelia as, doesn't do the fighting darling. <laughs> as you grab her leg and try to flip her she maneuvers out of it and kind of almost um, cat-like, crawls over to your back, um, grabs your wrist, and gets you into a signature wrist lock, the twist and shout, and just starts pushing and pushing and pushing as the pain shoots up your arm. Uh, Okay, so she's got my arm. Uh, I'm going to try to uh, call for a blackout. I'm going to try and scorpion kick her in the back of the head. Nice. Okay, that's going to be a power roll, I think. Oh, that's much better. Uh, That is a seven. Um, yeah, your, your foot flicks back, cracks her in the back of the skull. She lets go of your wrist, stumbles back onto the ground, turns around, rubs her head, and goes, Ah, I suppose turnabout is fair plie. And she makes another lunge for you <laughs> um, into another Sock Hop Superman punch. What are you doing? Uh, I'm going to just let it whiff. Uh, I'm going to exit stage left and just attempt to get on the way, <laughs> darling. Uh, that's <laughs> going to be a work roll. Uh, oh, rolls are bad. These new dice are rubbish. Uh, two. <laughs> Um, Yeah, she leaps up. You try to move out of the way in an elegant way, but you're not fast enough. The fist connects with your jaw. She says, you've got no dance, sucker. No dance in hell. And then backs up again, giving you a little Uh, bit of space.
4: Come, you spirits that tend on mortal thoughts, unsex me here and fill me from crown to top toe, full of direst cruelty. I am going to chop block her
3: leg in an attempt to break it. That is definitely a power roll. Uh, that's not gone. Well, that is a four <laughs> Okay um, You go for the chop look into the leg. Uh, she's too swift too nimble. Um, she sort of zips out of the way Your hand just very gently slides past the soft um, wall of her leg warmers Almost connecting but not quite you're still on your feet at least at least at this point uh, at this point she dances around you in a kind of um, springing motion getting underneath you Grabs a arm, very, wraps an arm very firmly around your thigh, and starts to sort of lift you back into the break dance, which is basically a torture rack motion. Oh, At this point, oh. she is trying to lift you off the ground. What are you doing? Uh, I think I'm going to let her lift me off the ground, but I'm going to attempt to push as well as she does to try and force too much motion through into a move that I call the curtain call, which is like a salida del sol, uh, and to drag her down to the mat on the back of her head. Okay, so I, I think that feels like a worker maneuver again. You're trying to get yourself out of a torture rack. Uh, that is a seven, talk us through it, uh, yeah, so she as she sort of tries to pick me up backwards into the torture rack, Amelia just puts too much effort in and says uh, i 'm too i 'm too my star power is too much for you, darling, and just flips over the top, grabs the head on the way down, and just boom into the floor. Uh, I am then going to immediately go to the turnbuckle and go for my finisher. Uh, Think about Amelia, she thinks she's the greatest because she's seen Wicked three times and that's why she should be doing plays. Um,
4: so she's going to go for her finishing move, which she calls Defying Gravity. And it is a flashy shooting star press to get all eyes on her darling.
3: Lovely, in which case um, that's a straight 2d6 roll. You, you, sort yourself out. <laughs> what?
2: Uh,
3: no. Oh! <laughs> oh! Um, as, you, as you leap off the, um, the turnbuckle is basically a bunch of students, but as you leap off them into the ring, um, uh, Flash gets a like a moment of strength and starts to get to her feet. Oh, how many dancers does it take to beat a bitch down? Five, six, seven, eight, and then seven other dancers swarm down the ramp and spread around her um, to the point now that there are eight combatants in the ring with you, all cracking their knuckles and launching into sort of um, plies and dips. Um, Backflips, cartwheels, um, ac- acrobatic, dancey stuff. Um, we're also on that on that uh, on that snake eyes. We're going to have to give you a penalty on your power, I think, simply because you are massively outnumbered. Uh, okay. What are you doing? Uh, uh, I guess I am going to attempt to uh, call the rest of the drama society. Okay, make a look roll to my aid. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So that's eleven. Uh, I just say, <laughs> Drama Society, assemble! Otherwise, you'll all be cut from the play. I can do this as a one-woman show, you know. Um, the, the second the word "cut" um, leaves your lips, just a swarm of actors in blind panic sw- <laughs> swarm the stage with the audience, from the ramp, um, something that dropped down from the rafters. Go! No! 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 And they just launch into combat with the, um, yeah, with the with the dancers. You sort of. They're see- obviously all in costume as uh, Macbeth as Macbeth soldiers from the play as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, f- fists swing, legs kick, uh, dancers fall, actors fall, and after a after a mini war on the mat, um, only two people are left standing. Once again, Amelia and a, a a battered and broken Flash, whose troops were outnumbered by the superior number of your desperate actors. And one of her eyes is swollen. Uh, he spits out a tooth. Um, looks you straight in the eye and goes, "Bitch!" I am going to quickly. Uh, pick up one of the dropped props from the brawl that has happened. It's a uh, it's a mace, and I'm going to swing for her leg. Um, ooh, that's a real roll. Thought it might be.
1: Friggin her. It's eight.
3: <sighs> um, talk us talk us through that swing, and I'll take it from when it connects. Uh, so. <laughs> Amelia screeching that the spotlight is all hers. This is my spotlight, get out of it, darling! Just takes this mace two-handed into the side of the leg. There is an almighty crunch as the mace connects with Flash's leg. Um, She growls this primal scream of pain and then bam, 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 just taps the concrete with a hand hard three times. <sighs> fine, 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 you win. Your winner, America's Sweetheart, Amelia Dramaker, and the announcer holds your arm up in the air. And scene. Uh, <laughs> this means your headlining end of year showcase performance will be the Drama Society's musical performance of the bards, Macbeth. And the drum society whoop in joy and cheer and they swarm around you and they lift you up thank like you. a queen thank on the throne you. Thank you. Thank carry you off at the back of the ring. <laughs> Got um, a bouquet from somewhere. Thank you, thank you. I brought it myself. Thank you. <laughs> we now cut above ground. Uh, classes have started uh, in some places. All is calm as always in the corridors of Grap Valley High. And part of the reason they're set calm is because of the stalwart efforts of one Servant of Order. Adam, can you please tell us
1: who we see patrolling the halls? We see Paul Monitor. He's 16, but it is a hard 16. (laughs) (laughs) He's seen things, he's heard things, he's cleaned up things. What matters to him most is order, out of chaos, that's what he lives by and he is one day away from retirement. Having just expelled a car from the halls, which is a new one for Paul (laughs) Monitor, he's uh, patrolling the hallways, ready to execute a beating on anyone who doesn't have their hall pass.
3: And as you stick your chuppa chup back in your mouth, you hear a sound which you should not be hearing while classes are going on, a sound of a human being making noise, outside of a classroom
1: well I never looks like it's time to execute some petty justice <laughs> um, the sound is coming from
3: where um, the sound is coming from down the hall uh, Make a yeah I, I think you can make this out pretty clearly you know these halls very very well the sound is coming from the men's
1: bathroom the class has just begun as well so I uh, I kick I kick the door in and say, BUST IT! As soon as you kick the door in, you are... Actually, give me a power roll right now. My
3: power is my... Oh, a zero! That is a eight. Okay, you instantly smell this powerful waft of a very foul, noxious, let's be honest, kind of fecal odour just shoots <laughs> up your noses. Uh, shoots up your nose, you've only got the one. Um, but you are you are made of strong enough stuff uh, and you're able to just push down that urge to vomit you hear a voice going oh bro oh bro it's bad oh it's bad bro oh, oh, oh. It's coming from one of the cubicles
1: cool <laughs> uh all right i uh i take a uh one of my, I take a card from my uh, from my wallet. Uh, it's a kind of like one of those binder wallets. I'm incredibly cool, uh, and I just kind of jimmy the lock open. I'm uh, incredibly practiced at uh, breaking and entering and all matters of detective hall work. Work.
3: Give, give, give me a quick um a quick look roll.
1: Very quick. That is a ten.
3: Yeah, nice, that'll do it. Um, the lock opens, and you see a doubled-over um, pants around his ankles, uh, mouth stained <coughs> with vomit and, well, thighs stained with something else, the broad-shouldered form of star quarterback Chad Hardler. Bro, it's... oh, bro, oh god, I've never been in so
1: much pain. Ah. Oh. Well, well, well. Chad, I'd always thought you'd face a violent expulsion but this is not the violent expulsion I thought you would face. Uh, let me see your hall pass. Uh, bro, oh, bro, I don't have one. I, I just, I had to go, bro. I had to go. Um, this is uh, a little concerning, obviously, because um, Paul Monitor has read all the files on all the kids, and he knows that if anyone's got an iron constitution, it's Chad. He is, after all, the star quarterback. He needs to make sure he's in constant peak fit, uh, fitness and health. So this is slightly disquieting to me. So before I execute some hallway justice, uh, I'm going to take a, a sandwich bag from, uh, from my pocket. I've already had my sandwiches. Tuna mayo with a single slice of lettuce for texture. Uh, and I am going to uh, take a single chunk um, from uh, I vomit, please, uh, from the floor and place it in a, uh, a sandwich bag uh, for for analysis.
3: Make a look roll because that's your gimmick. Five. <laughs> um, what happens now? <laughs> you, you you definitely get some vomit in the bag, but. You get some vomit in other places as well. And it's just there's so much slippery material in this entire cubicle, you can't quite get your feet. (laughs) This is like a Kevin James in a movie that Kevin James is in kind of situation. You've got to be kidding me,
1: whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God.
3: Um, You you do, it it is only a five, it's not a critical fail. You do manage to get your sample because how could you not but your hands are now covered in the goopy, surprisingly substantial vomit of Chad Hardler. All right.
1: Oh, uh, sorry. Bro, you've I... got to help me. You've got to <sighs> help me, bro. All right, Chad. Perhaps we can keep the principal out of this, but you have to come with me to the nurse's office. Oh, sure, bro. Anything. Just... Oh, oh. One, one moment.
2: Oh.
1: <sighs> 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 Blurp. all right let, let's go bro all right i uh, haul him over over one shoulder and i i, I, I you know my, my spine creaks and i go ah oh, i'm too old for this shit and i uh, i start hobbling down the hallway with him towards the, <laughs> towards the school nurse
3: amazing you make your way down the hallway um the hallways are empty um they're empty because you're good at your job And in no time at all, you managed to shuffle the lumbering, sticky form of chat
1: hardler to the nurse's office. Uh, The door is currently closed. What are you doing? I give a polite and respectful three taps with my second knuckle on the uh, frosted glass.
3: After the first tap, the door just swings open of its own accord, and you look inside to see a scene of disarray. The entire nurse's office has been turned upside down, like... uh, cupboards have been flung of all their contents bottles are open the whole place is just a mess someone has done a real number on this place
1: my god I've never seen such rampant chaos in all my years as a whole oh, monitor um, I, uh, I take a quick scan with my kind of uh, monitor vision to see uh, kind of what is missing if I can see anything out of place okay make a look roll on this one then <laughs>
3: Oh. Oh. oh! Whoops! Second um, of the game. This is going to be great. Okay, So Pumbles into all the glass. <laughs> <laughs> um, your eyes narrow so hard, you get such an intense Clint Eastwood squint on that the frames of your glasses crack a little. I'm blind. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're gonna t- you're gonna have a uh, uh, <laughs> we're gonna give you a a minus one penalty to your current look <laughs> on that snake eyes for the time being on a snake eyes man. Um, you just squinted a little bit too hard. You just um, you sucked that chubba chub with a little too much gusto, and just all the all the muscles in your face just co- contorted so much. Yeah, the, the the flimsy the flimsy lenses of your um, not particularly expensive glasses
1: crammed under the away pressure from retirement. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, um, yeah, unfortunately, that you, you the place is in complete disarray. There is no way you could figure out what was what is taken there without days of
1: work and a, a whole CSU team. Uh, if if I can't work out what's missing. Or What has been done to the place like why it's been ransacked. I would assume someone's looking for something Uh, Then I'm going to instead examine the door Because um, as far as I'm aware uh, There are only a handful of people who can execute a break-and-entry job with the kind of skill that I have
3: Okay, so make 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 another look roll for us
1: Now now That's more like it that's eight
3: Okay, yeah, um, the lock has been picked with Pinpoint precision. There is literally only one man on campus capable of doing a job like this a man who has made a high school side business out of this particular job. And that man is, well, that boy is Jimmy the Lock. And if you know Jimmy the Lock right now, he's going to be downstairs in Quarrel Club, placing bets and making money. You know where you need to go next. Okay, and speaking of Quarrel Club, we cut downstairs back again to the arena, the ring of students chanting and jeering um, eager, eager for the only uh, outlet of violence and rage they are allowed in order to keep the peace at the top of the stairs. Gathered friends and students, adolescent adversaries, we have another quarrel to settle down here in class and broader wrestling. The Laws of Quarrel Club have been encoded in our school since the beginning of time. No conflict may be allowed to spill out or occur above ground. When someone is wronged, that slight is righted down here. And someone has been wronged once again in the halls of Grap Valley High. So it's time to settle the score. Making their way to the ring. The Defendant The Satanic Anarchist Hailing from Cemetery Heights Rita Hexbook
2: Hi <laughs> Hello. Um, I'm actually just drawing on the wall Paul Molitor of balls And then his phone number underneath And then turn round wandering
3: get into the ring I guess making their way to the ring the prosecution hailing from Green Bay Grapp Valley E.M.O and suddenly the lights just boom, shut down <laughs> and the entire, um, the entire club is in darkness and then boom, they come back up again and you find yourself standing opposite in the ring a, a tall, very slim uh, young man with sort of black skinny jeans, converses he's got a black t-shirt with a white skeleton ribcage on it and a little red heart above where the heart would be um, he's got sort of very darkly black dyed dirty uh, hair that covers about three quarters of his face so just sort of one eye is peeking out um, and he just stands there staring at you with his one eye. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. What are you doing, though? Um, okay, make a work roll fast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on. That went off the side. <sighs>
4: Uh, How small is your desk?
2: S- surprisingly small. always falls off. <laughs> I just got a really vigorous throw. It's been a long time. Ah, oh, Tom.
3: Make that work roll though. <laughs> it's six. Six. Oh, thank you. Okay. Um, oh, that won't do it, I'm afraid. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm seeing double here. Four lorries. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so uh, in, in no time at all. This is actually getting too
2: difficult. <laughs> <laughs> no depth perception, it's really, really
3: shit uh, In no time at all, uh, the silent, unspeaking form of Emo slides behind you, uh, wraps these very, very slim bony arms around your stomach And then just pulls you in a bear hug, um, signature move known as the Weezer Embrace, and just starts choking all of the life out of you uh, What are you doing? Are finding it hard to breathe? What are you doing?
2: Um, I'm just going to stamp on his foot really hard with my fuck off Doc Martens.
3: I feel because it's Doc Martens, that's probably a look roll. You can roll and look for that. Uh,
2: look is... Eight. Eight? Sorry, Um. eight.
3: Uh, yeah, your heavy Doc Martin connects with his foot. He yells out in a very sincere expression of emotional anguish um, and lets go of your stomach and staggers back. After just the briefest moment of collecting himself, he then speeds almost like he's moving on a dolly, slides across um, the ring or slides across the mat, uh, leaps up um, Onto the top of the shoulders of some of the audience and then springboards himself from the shoulders of a football player for the crash board confessional in an attempt to basically splash you down onto the ground. What are you doing?
2: Um, I'm just going to lift my elbow up to connect with his ribs so when he comes in I'm just going to get him straight in the diaphragm.
3: That could be real or work because that's really painful but it's also clever.
2: Real please, thank you. All right mate. <laughs> Eight.
3: Uh, nice, yeah. Um, another sort of sickening crunch is some of the frailest ribs you've ever elbowed um, crumble under the point of your pointy bones. Um, and he doubles up, coughs, coughs a little, and is currently on his knees on the mat. What are you doing?
2: Um, I've got salt from my ritual earlier that I used to make the circles, and I'm just going <sighs> to blow it into his eyes.
3: Um, okay, make a look roll for that.
2: <laughs> oh, not real. I'm oh, fine. <laughs>
3: Hey, don't start with me, Milo. I'm
2: not starting <laughs> with you. Oh, that... Hang uh, on, well, look, so that is... Uh, 11. Sorry, couldn't do
3: math. Nice. Um, yeah, his eyes just... Uh, yeah, He screams of pain again as this salt just sort of gets straight into his eyes. You sort of see them go from bloodshot to even more bloodshot. Um, another sort of primal scream of emotional anguish. Um, and then he looks at you and hisses and then like, clicks his fingers and... Boom, the entire arena disappears into darkness again. Like you can't see anything for a moment, and then you hear like a two sort of gentle, almost plastic cracking sounds, and suddenly the light of two glow sticks appears hovering at about head height in the darkness, And um, that start to move and swirl around um, in sort of a spinning motion. And the uh, yeah, and then EMO just leaps at you and goes into Jimmy Beat World, which is basically where he hits you with his glow sticks as hard as he can. <laughs>
2: I don't like this is what I don't like about emos is that they feel they can just cross genres like just move into raver Just like it's not a problem like stick your own fucking genre mm. So what's he done? I wasn't actually listening
3: um, <laughs> oh, that, that stings man That stings <laughs> <laughs>
4: he's,
3: he's beating you with glow sticks <laughs> is
2: He's beating doing. me with glow sticks well, he's um, trying to Cool Just gonna stand there then
3: uh, Okay <laughs> ma- make, a, make a power roll to withstand the um <laughs> the onslaught of the Jimmy Beat world move.
2: Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> Sorry. Come here, Rater.
4: This is some New Japan-level no-selling.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was it on? Um, it was on Power. Ten. Ten. Um, yeah, the, he futilely beats you with these glow sticks that um, after several pounds just sort of crack and uh, some of the, um, the liquid from them leaks out of the stick and onto his uh, clothes. Uh, making him very easy now to see in the dark. Great. Um, what are you doing?
2: I want to go for an elbow for his throat.
3: Go for it. That's a yeah. Fine. Real. <laughs> Four. Four. Um, oh. He moves. He moves a little too quickly. Um, out of your way. And with his last ounce of strength, gets his own elbow and goes for a breaking back Sunday and tries to get you right in the spine <laughs> with his elbow. <laughs> what are you doing?
2: I'm going to surprise everyone and I'm gonna try and move out of the way as quick as possible and just pull down his trousers
3: Ooh, those are some skinny jeans The ultimate oh. humiliation I feel like- I feel like that's a work roll um, Because those are some tight jeans that take some skill man You can't yeah. just yank them like baggies
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh! Sorry. Like she was
1: born to do
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> talk, us, talk us through it, man. Talk us through it.
2: Um, so I just, uh, I don't know, just dropped to the floor and some weird ability to, I assume he's got a belt on because all emo dickheads wear some kind of belt that's got like, I don't know, bullets on it. or something. It's a bullet cliche. belt. It's a
3: legit bullet belt.
2: Is it actually bullets though?
3: Um, no, they're on plastic, fake See, bullets.
2: That's what's wrong with it is. Just fucking fake and horrendous and awful and I don't even have to pull it open I just snap it because it's that crap and then just yank the trousers down all the way down to his ankles and he's wearing the tightest most awful briefs with my chemical romance on the front of it like, Lolo
3: oh, bro. Brow legit shooting on emos today okay <laughs> 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 so, um, huge fan CR fans fans so it's <laughs> fine <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah as you as pull his trousers down um, all of a sudden the lights boom snap back on and he is left there with his embarrassing briefs um, and pale bare legs in front of the whole audience. He drops to his knees. You know what you did. You know what you did.
2: Are uh, you still upset about that?
3: No one takes us seriously anymore. My, my crush, Stacy Beaker from Science Lab won't even look at me. I guess, I guess my chemical romance is never going to be emo after all. Oh. oh.
2: Can I just headbutt him while he's on the floor?
3: Go for mm-hmm. it, um, on, the, on that, on that, on that uh, natural 12, you just knock him clean unconscious and boof. Um, your winner, the satanic anarchist, Rita Hex The oh, quarrel yeah. is ended. And <laughs> uh, the announcer immediately starts getting ready for the next match. We now return to Paul Monitor, who has made his way downstairs into the crowds surrounding, um, uh, the, crowd surrounding the event. And the, the very short, very slim, very weaselly figure of Jimmy the Lock is counting up dollars in his hand, leaning against the door that leads to the CBW locker
1: rooms. I grab him by the, the scruff of the neck and I throw him through the doors of the locker room. Hey, hey, what's the big idea? Um, give me, a, <laughs> give me a, a power roll for
3: that. That is a ten! Okay, yeah, you fling him against the door, he goes through it and stumbles into the locker room like, hey! Hey, Paul! Paul, what's going on? What's the big idea? Hey, I got no beefer with you. I got no beefer with you. <laughs> At that point, you hear a um, you hear the announcer call out: uh, "The following match is scheduled for one 4 Making their way to the ring, the Queen of the Sonar Age, Mary Jane, and. As Paul, as um, uh, Jimmy stumbles back further in fear, scrabbling across the ground of the locker room, you hear the sound of cheers as the um, sort of the, the drunken master flow of uh, Mary Jane makes her way into the ring um, back in the main arena. What are you doing? He's
1: just sort of scrabbling on the ground now, sliding back. Let's not do this little dance again, Jimmy. I've got some <laughs> questions. And if you don't give me the answers I'm looking for and I'm gonna introduce you to my several orange friends and I take a bag with oranges uh, in it because fun fact, oranges don't leave bruises. I don't want to dance, I don't know how to dance. What's a big idea? I don't know nothing, I saw nothing. I don't know who they are. (laughs) Um, I just gonna, the hard way it is and I just uh, clattered his legs out from under him with the oranges.
3: Okay, so give me a um, give me a
1: work roll for that because it's a trip. Right. My work is I think it's plus one. Let me check. It is plus one. Huzzahs! That is five.
3: Okay, um, and as you, as you move towards him, the, you hear the announcer again from across the other room, making their way to the ring, the myth maker, Steelberg. And the audience start chanting, Steelberg, <laughs> Steelberg. As this big, um, heavy guy in like jeans and a plaid shirt and a leather jacket with a neat little goatee makes his way down the ring. Um, on that five, uh, he's, a, he's a slimy, slippery little bugger, is Jimmy. And he slips his legs out of the way and just manages to avoid um, being tripped. He sort of
1: gets himself some square footage and just starts to bolt deeper into the locker room as fast as he can. I'm going to run up after him and try and hit him with a missile dropkick as he's moving, which I call the goody two-shoes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fantastic. Uh, that is a
3: work roll, I think. That's more
1: like it. Seven.
3: Um. So you leap into the air Crunch everybody, and as your dropkick connects with the frail back of this little Weasley man, the second your feet crunch into his spine, you hear the crack as Steelberg uppercuts Mary Jane with a camcorder right under her chin, and she stumbles back further against into the ring, and lands into the arms and surround us. Um, yeah, the, the dropkick knocks uh, Jimmy the Lock to his feet, um, and he just starts, he's still trying to get away as fast as he can now, he's terrified, he's
1: crawling um, on his hands and knees.
3: Hey, what's the big idea? I thought you were all right!
1: Uh, I, uh, I, ste- I step on one of his hands, I take a pen from my pocket and I place it between these fingers on his hand and I just put my fist around it and I just give him a gentle squeeze and I just say, give me a name. That is painful enough to be a real roll. Oh, my reel is minus one. Damn it. Oh, shag. Uh, that is a two, an, an unnatural two. So yeah, as you try to
3: maneuver that, um, that pen in that very specific position, he slides his little rat-like hands away just as Mary Jane is swaying effortlessly out of the heavy-handed swings of Steelberg as he um, swings his big uh, 1990s camcorder around like a club in the ring. Uh, on that fail, uh, Jimmy the lock gets to his feet um, and like, scrambles around his pockets, uh, scrambles around uh, in, in like, any, any kind of locker he can find. And he comes across a a slingshot, a catapult, a classic sort of Y-shaped elastic band catapult. Um, sort of gets some, some spare coins out of his pocket, pulls, pulls it back in one hand and says, Hey, I'll do it. You know I'll do it. You know what I do if I'm pushed. I, uh,
1: I look him dead in the eyes and say, you haven't got the balls.
3: Make a look roll.
1: All right, that's minus one. Uh, that is six. Okay,
3: um. <laughs> you've got bigger balls than you know. And he lets go of the catapult as this tiny little coin shoots its way towards your face. Um, back in the ring, uh, wound, winded from constantly swinging uh, this big heavy, heavy uh, weapon. Think about Steelberg, he's, a good, he's good at short bursts of power, but then he tires himself out. And so while he is wheezing, Mary Jane just blows a cloud of marijuana smoke into his mouth. <laughs> And the audience watches as his eyes sort of gloss over with red bloodshotness, and his movements start to become more, more dazed, more motionless, oh, more, more, more dazed, more kind of sway. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, you, on that failed roll, um, that coin pings you straight in the forehead, knocks you back a couple of steps. Uh, and by the time you open your eyes uh, and like, get your bearings again, um, the room is empty. Um, there's no way out of this locker room, but Jimmy the Lock is nowhere to be found.
1: Monitor vision. <laughs> I'm gonna find this motherfucker. Okay, um make a look roll. Minus one. Come on, Daddy. Boom. Seven.
3: Seven. Nice. Tell us what monitor vision looks like when, when it's
1: happening. It's like a really old um you know, like Terminator vision, like really kind of like eight bit and kind of blocky and it like Robocop and just kind of just like very slowly zooms in on individual Mm. things and just like gives them a scan. And I'm just scanning the room for Jimmy the Lock uh, when I notice a very slightly, just a slight bend in the metal of one locker. Like every other locker is exactly uniform, but there is just a very slight curve outwards on one of the locker doors. Well spotted. What are you doing? Uh, I'm going to rip open the locker, uh, which, which I assume contains Jimmy the Lock. And then I'm going to drag him out and go for my finisher, if that helps.
3: Okay, so let's have a... Yeah, let, let's let's do this all on your finisher roll to see how well this goes. Um, so you, what you're trying to basically do is rip open the locker and drag out whoever you, fo- whoever you find inside. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to drag out. Okay. Give us your finisher roll.
1: All right, so I'm going to go for my finisher, which is a... Uh, Basically, it's a label lock uh, or a saved by label lock, if you will, uh, which is actually called... It's not called that because uh, that is way too cool for Paul Monster. It's actually called... The, huh. de- it's called The Detention Is Killing Me. And <laughs> I'm gonna go ten! 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 Okay, you rip open that door
3: in a feat of... Um... <laughs> And a surprising feat of strength. I think you're probably quite a hard-bodied guy by the sounds of it. It's the amount of grunt work you have to do. The door is ripped open. Um, the the cowering form of Jimmy the locks inside. Hey, hey, what's the big idea? I'm just taking a nap in here, buddy. <laughs> um, and you pull him out and slam him against the locker. Uh, what are you saying? i oh, so no, Talk us through your talk us through your finishes, sorry.
1: Uh, So I drag him to the I drag him to the ground. I wrap his arm uh, between my legs and I wrench um, my hands like basically across the bridge of his nose, kind of uh, talking his back, talking his neck, uh, ripping, kind of wrenching his shoulder out of his uh, out of his socket, and I just simply say the name. I know you've got, you haven't got the stones to steal anything from the school, but you are a lockpick for hire, and I want to know who paid you to bust into the nurse's office. Give me a name.
3: Uh, back in the ring, dazed for a moment, uh, the bloodshot eyes of Steelberg start to clear. It looks Mary Jane square in her eyes and says, most artists do their best work when high, and goes for the final cut, which is basically an instant sleeper hold um, Clapperboard kind of maneuver, straight around the neck, and then tsk, knocks her in the neck, and she boom uh, drops to the ground. The audience lose their shit. Um, Steelberg starts stomping around, going Wah! as pyros go off to the left and right, and then back in the locker room. Um, Jimmy the Lock says to you, All right, all right, hey, Paul, buddy, pal, pats you on the shoulder. <laughs> you, you know. You know how I operate, I, uh, I don't take names, I don't ask for names, they just, uh, they just leave the money, the time, and, and the place and the door they want picked in my locker, and I do the rest. No names, no names, I swear.
1: <laughs> All right, Rodney Dangerfield, give me something, or I'm Say taking hi to your... your mother b- for me. <laughs> <laughs> give me something, or I, am te- or I am expelling your arm from your body. Uh,
3: because he succeeded at finisher, uh, absolutely. He takes a look. <laughs> Here's the envelope. It's all I got. I took the cash. I spent it on a watch. And he points to a shiny Rolex on his wrist. Now, please, please, buddy. Come on. Let me go.
1: Uh, I release it. I give him a, a kick in the pants as he scurries away and say, don't let me see you around here again. He, he scurries away in
3: fear and um, we leave Paul Monitor standing in the locker room looking at this envelope. Um, okay. We cut now back to the arena, and the announcer makes his way back down the ramp to speak to the assembled students. As long as there has been man, there have been jocks, and there have been nerds. And as long as these two clans have lived, their war has waged eternal. The never-ending battle continues safely from the surface world down here in the ring of classroom brawler wrestling, making their way to the ring. Chip and Bard, the method. Uh, the lights dim on stage, and on the edutron, all of a sudden, just an endless stream of binary numbers appear in green font. They flicker and change matrix style and slowly clarify into the shape of a quill, which flicks with a flourish. And then there is a burst of pyros and coming down the ring side by side are a large, broad-shouldered, lantern-jawed man, with delicate features, wearing a doublet and a ruff around his neck. And next to him is a very small, very wiry, very strong-looking little fellow in um, thick-rimmed glasses with a bit of tape around the rim. He's wearing uh, some very colorful braces, some very colorful socks, um, some very hard-wearing shoes, a pair of battered jeans. Um, They make their way into the center of the ring, Uh, Bard, uh, the big fella, stands in the middle, breathes in the atmosphere, flicks his hand and takes a big flourishing bow uh, as Chip retreats to his corner. Making their way to the ring, the hard body boys, Ostriker Bolton and Chad Hardler. Tell us who enters the ring alone.
0: Uh, So coming down to the ring, uh, is Ostriker Bolton, Oz to his friends. Uh, he is the he's the captain of the wrestling team uh, here at the school. And uh, obviously the, the music is playing. It's like the school thing. As he walks down to the ring with his awesome letterman jacket, taking in the applause of his opponents. But he has got a bit of, of look of concern <coughs> on his face because his his tag partner, his best friend in the whole world, is nowhere to be found where's like chad hartler is just not around
3: the announcer comes up to you um oz Wait, i was where's chad
0: i don't know dude he's not around man i don't know where he is
3: you know the rules of quarrel club if you can't bring your tag partner you forfeit the match
0: look last i heard he was probably hurling somewhere i ain't got time for dude i will fight this on my
3: own I will take these two dudes on, these nerds on my own. You know that's not how it works. Look, Oz, unless you can drum up a quarterback in the next one minute, you're forfeiting this match. Sort of looks around panically.
0: Anyone here? Anyone want to fight by my side? Anyone want to team up with the captain of the wrestling team so I don't have to forfeit to
3: these nerds? Is there any quarterback in the audience who can step in? Anybody at all? Do you want me to say (laughs) me?
2: (laughs) Please, yes, please, please, Rick. Is it one of us? Like I don't know.
4: So, so by this point, danger zone. The car has made its way into Quarrel Club, and he just gives. Gives me a gentle nudge behind, like, you know, just backs up against the behind of my knees. Good <laughs> idea, Danger Zone. I'm, I was a quarterback. Hey, Oz, I'm your guy. I'll help you beat these two. But in return, I need a favor. I need some science. Oh, that's
0: nerd stuff, man. I ain't got time for that. But you do look about the same age as me. So I'm going to say <laughs> you can be my tag partner, man. I'll, I'll help you out where possible.
4: We could even be brothers. That's how the, the same age we look.
0: Oh, totally, dude. I, can't, I like, There's no age difference between us, man.
4: I feel like I feel like we, you know, we just instantly bond, instantly bond over our shared
3: age. Yes, totally same age, man. (laughs) Okay, um, and with that heartwarming conversation, you hear the sound of the bell: (laughs) ding, 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 ding. Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! I came
0: here to wrestle, so I gotta get wrestling shape.
2: What's happening? Why has he always got a strip now in every show?
1: It's in his rider. <laughs> oh, oh, <man>. my God. <laughs>
2: yeah. oh the mic God for that my microphone is <laughs> in <laughs> I came here and uh,
0: wrestled, dude. It's time to get some wrestling. I was okay. okay. worried about people seeing me through my window.
3: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, with Oz (laughs) as the legal wrestler against Bard, the legal wrestler, what are you doing, Oz?
0: So the first thing I'm doing to this nerd is I'm walking up to him and I'm just going to take my hand. I'm going to push it right up
3: against his face. The American power face, I call it. (laughs) Okay. Um, That's a straight power roll to give him a face shove.
2: that hand positioning so
3: unfortunately. Uh, It's five. Um, As you lunge forward with your big frame, the equally... um, the equally large framed body of um, Bard, uh, scoops you up under the legs, lifts you up and drops you in Slamlet, his signature body slam, boom, right down on the floor. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, man, dude. Uh, I'm gonna get up, I'm not gonna be shown up
0: by this nerd. I'm not shown up by nerds, man. So I'm gonna <laughs> do a, uh, a slam of my own. I scoop my hand underneath uh, a move that was taught to me by a friend, uh, Fall Pinch, that I call the shit breaker. So I'm just going to scoop my hand underneath, give him a little bit of a, a grab around the ass as I go to try and slam him myself. Another power roll, man. oil.
4: <laughs> this is a lot.
0: Eight. Eight. Uh, talk us through it. So, yeah, the, the hand goes under. A little bit of a squeeze there for the, the, the shit breaker to really take effect. Over the shoulder he goes and then slams him down. And I'm immediately going to start going in for some wrestling. Some proper Greco-Roman wrestling. So locking in the heads locking in the head so we can't get anywhere
3: okay that is going to be a real role because you are a scholastic wrestler eight eight um yeah you successfully get the lock right around his um right around his throat he starts wheezing struggling wriggling to get out what are you doing
0: uh, I'm actually going to sort of like just maneuver around a little bit, so I can start pulling his his head back to try and get him to submit one of his signature moves named after a previous girlfriend of his, Sarah Michelle Yeller. Uh, <laughs> try and get him to scream in pain. Um, okay, so that sounds like that sounds worky
3: to me. Uh, what does it? it's Hold on. It's, cool.
0: re- it's it's wrestling. Like, oh, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm doing. I, I, I don't holes. know
3: scholastic wrestling, man. I spend most of my research time looking for puns. So yeah, you can make a real roll. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Not that it helped. Five. Um, Unfortunately, no. He just, as as you try to change position, he uses that advantage to power himself out. Um, Push you back a little bit, and then says, looking you deep in the eye, if music be the food of love, eat this, and punches you straight in the jaw.
0: Oh, man. I, I was annoyed because this nerd is showing me up. I'm going to tag in the kid who's clearly the same age as me. I trust him. High school quarterbacks, tag in. Tag back. Cheers, man. Did you see
4: the, the popular stuff on the TV last night?
0: <laughs> Dude, I actually did. I saw all the yeah, popular yeah.
4: stuff. Yeah. Did, did you watch the Danger Zone show? What, no? No, worth a go. Worth a go. Uh, <laughs> so I go in and I immediately go for, I think me and Luke did a similar thing here, the 10 things I hate about you, which is... <laughs> Which is ten punches, yes. but with every punch, <laughs> danger, <laughs> but with every punch, danger zone is going to honk its horn. bumps. <laughs> 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 so I do too. But then, like, I quickly like get getting close with the nerd, and I say, Do, do, do you know any science? Do you know any any time okay. travel science?
3: Okay. So first off, um, we're going to need you to roll on. You can roll on. Look for the golden shower, basically. <laughs> It's a nine. That'll do it. Um, and then we're going to have you roll on work to get to the nerd in time. Work is plus one.
4: Oh! Well, I, get, I got the plus one, so is it... Oh, what does that mean?
3: No. Oh, son. Oh. Um, oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, as, as soon as basically you drift your focus to try and get the nerd, that's all the opening um, that Bard needs. <laughs> Bromeo, Bromeo, wherefore art thou, Bromeo? And he goes Nerds! for... Uh, he goes for um, 12th strike, which is basically where he rains down 12 punches in sequential order on you uh, Boom uh, boom 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 and on the 12th punch uh, you are sent barreling back into the turnbuckle Spying again. Well, back into the turn student the student buckle um, Like landing against the uh, landing against the um, the teenagers um, right next to however uh, uh, Chip However, Chip uh, uses this opportunity of you being right near him and with the referee distracted uh, to initiate tech knuckle support where he basically backs up Bard's punches with punches of his own and just sort of starts laying into you while you're weakened. While I'm getting hit from
4: side to side, I ask Chip, so, so you're the sciencey nerd? <laughs> Do you know more <laughs>
3: about the science? Um, in between each punch is like, uh, what was Chip's voice? Ooh, yes, yeah, stranger, I think you'll find I'm very well versed in the technical matters. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, and I am, of course, uh, bound by QC law to grant you one boon should you defeat me in Mortal Combat. <laughs>
4: That's all um, I needed to know, nerd. And then my elbow <laughs> hit
3: me <in> face. face. <sighs> um, okay. I, I need the other one in the dick. Okay, so... Um, I'm gonna have you you can roll on and look for this because you're basically just a job beating up nerds right now.
1: <laughs> it's an eleven. <laughs> um, that'll do it,
3: yeah. You 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 elbow him right in the point where his glasses are taped together and they split. Um and then did you say you knee barred in the knee barred in the dick? Knee barred in the dick, yeah. Um, and then I wanna roll through and, and tag uh, he, Oz. Yeah, he, 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 he winces, his eyes sort of cross, like Kevin James in a Kevin James movie. Drops <gasps> to his knees and says, Frailty, thy name is Bard. <laughs> Nerd! Ooh. Okay, yeah, you can make it with a tag, of course. What are you doing, Oz? Uh,
0: I'm going to grab him, uh, clearly inspired uh, by the, the great same age work that I just saw uh, from my new tag partner, Rick Thunder. I'm going to do uh, one of my other signature moves, Ten Moves I Do About You. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going um, okay, to grab go him... him. Uh, yeah, so just grabbing him into a waist lock to do uh, in 10 takedowns. Cool. Uh, and that is going to be nine. Lovely. Okay, so take us through that. Grabbing him by the waist, throwing him, slam. Maintaining waist control. Lifting him up, slam. Maintain that waist control. Up and slam. So on and so forth. And then transition into uh, the finisher, a reminder of one of my greatest adventures with my, my friend, Uh, Chad Hardler Uh, dude where's my armbar and I'm just going to transition into uh, sort of like the the, the, Becky Lynch's disarmer essentially as the finish
3: go for it straight to d 6 oh that is 7 just about you made it talk us through it man so yeah, so after the, uh, the, the
0: slams have been done, uh, just grab the arm, sit up, wrench it, uh, and wait for hit. this little nerd, this nerd, to, to scream out in pain and eventually tap out.
4: Rick? I, I see the other, is, who's the legal man on the other team? Um, the legal
3: man is still barred. No one's actually tapped Chip in yet. He was just doing some so, dirty work from the corner.
4: So Chip's going to get in to, to break up uh, the, the arm bar. Can I hit a move on them to sort of do a, a, a double team finish? I'll allow it. Never been missed then. So I, I hop <laughs> onto danger zone as it's circling the, the ring and it goes round and round and round and I jump off using the force and spear
3: a torpedo spear onto Chip to take him out. Beautiful, yeah. Just as Chip sort of gets up and starts... Um, what is Chip going for? Uh, Chip is going for the reboot which is basically where he gets his friend out of a pin. Um, yeah, you intercept him like a missile um, and boom. the uh, The ref comes in uh did you are, are you are you in for a submission move is that right oz uh yes
0: yeah yeah
3: yeah yeah uh, yeah but Bard, um Bard's still wincing in pain from his tenderized meat um taps boom 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 ooh, 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 ooh. oh verily it's not hurt indeed i'm and yelling then... nerds while i do it <laughs> 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 your winners ding 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 oz and the stranger the new hard body boys adventures um, uh, as, as you uh, As you As you get to your feet and start celebrating uh, Chip comes up to you Rick and says I'm bound by Quirrell Crub Law To grant you one boon Help
4: me of service Thank you that would be really really helpful I really need to get back to my own time And then I kick him in the dick again <laughs> Hey look at this nerd Oz <laughs> Oh no oh, Is this a turn? Um, no he's just he needs, He's doing what needs to be
3: done to get back home <laughs> Bound be- by law. <laughs> Very well. And then he passes out. Um, however, Oz, as you are celebrating, the announcer comes up to you, um, puts his hand on his shoulder. Oz, Oz, what have you done? What is the one cardinal rule of Quarrel club? We keep order upstairs. You can break his arms, you can rip out his hair, but you've minced. This man's giblets, he cannot sing. You've Oz, if the school play doesn't go ahead, oh. chaos will erupt on <laughs> the surface. Oh, no. By the laws of choral Club. You must make this right. And Boz like, it can't be done, forsooth. I spent weeks learning the complicated, scholastic wrestling secrets needed for my battle against Macduff. There's no one who can learn those moves in time.
4: Ah. Uh, Dad. Oz.
3: I'm sorry, but it's the law here. You have taken Player out of the game, you have disrupted the order. You must make this right. You must take his place no. in the school play what tomorrow. Know,
0: man, for
3: the nerds, <laughs> 6 p.m. tomorrow after school, just before prom. You have to be on stage unless you have somewhere better to be. But that's
0: the exact same time I'm doing the wrestling match,
3: <laughs> I suppose. There is one way out of this. If you can defeat the head of the drama club in the ring, you can earn your freedom. Fine, I'll do it. Because this wrestling match is important
0: to me. If I don't win that match, I'm not getting into Vinston, and I'm not getting my scholarship, and I'm not going on to be just like my father. I don't want to be a nerd like this
3: nerd. Well... You'd better win, then. Very quickly, we are going to cut to a disused janitor's closet somewhere on the second floor. Very very briefly, Adam, tell us what we see inside that closet.
1: So inside uh, my, my janitor's closet is uh, <laughs> where I keep all the accoutrements I need for uh, detective work and, and hallway uh, crime solving. Uh, there is uh, a computer um, <laughs> called the Monitor Monitor, um, there is a map of the school uh, with all of the kind of the secret ducks and passages um, covered with kind of red string. There's uh, newspaper clippings of all the times I've brought uh, crims to justice uh, to keep my hallway safe. Um, and there is, of course, my best friend, Sherlock Bones, the crime pup, who, uh, <laughs> who I keep there to, uh, to remind me of why I'm doing this for justice and for order, uh, so I am feeding um, the, the matter I attained from Chad Hardler uh, into the computer, and I am analyzing the note. Um, the note simply says, the nurse's office, uh, you know, 10 a.m., but I notice there's a, th- a slight coating of dark dust on the note. Um, I, I smudge across it with my thumb, and it smears a lot like eyeshadow. And I recognize that shade. Suddenly, um, the monitor, monitor goes off and the analysis is finished. um, Pup points over and I go, what is it, what is it, Pup? (gasps) The sample is ready for analysis. Uh, And then I, I read up and it says, it's a curious compound. It's a mixture of punch powder mix and industrial strength laxative. The kind of laxative but can only be obtained from the nurse's office. My God, the shade of the eyeshadow. The trial run poisoning. She's going to poison the prom. And I let out a... I fall to my knees and I let out a shriek. Rita!
3: And that's all for this week on CBW. Um, We'll see you next week.
1: All right, so that is it for part one. Uh, So, Tom, uh, I I do want to talk to you because um, there are a number of genres uh, that me knowing you for 30 years, almost... um, it means i know that you like uh, obviously uh, you like you like your horror um you like um your anything set in nature but one of the perhaps more surprising things about you is that you are a gigantic high school no, like literally the the genre of high school like you love buffy uh you love nancy drew like scooby-doo has a high schooler-ish vibe like generally anything that has um irascible teens solving a mystery is um it seems to be right on your pulse when did the high school fixation start i think a fixation might be a slight
3: slightly <laughs> over but i do genuinely i do genuinely love the genre um specifically if we're going sub-genres i really like modern retellings of the works of Shakespeare or classical literature, you know, your, your clueless your 10 things I hate about use. There's something about, I think it's because, uh, there's that line from family guy where they're parodying one tree hill, where the song sings high school is such a serious place. These problems matter. And it's making fun of the high drama of high school shows, but it's also true. I mean, everything really is life and death when you're that age, you know, you're going through a very difficult time and the smallest things in the eyes of, um, an adult uh, are, are genuinely sort of high drama and high stakes for kids. Um, so it's it's a really fun, colourful, eclectic world to tell, even when you're not retelling the works of Shakespeare. Shakespearean level drama. Uh, there's a lot of the, uh, the the big tropes of great like classic literature um, still turn up in high school, but it's it's jocks and nerds instead of warring houses. Uh, do you have a a favorite subgenre, or or the very least um series of high school movies?
1: Um, like mo- I really like Noir. I love Noir. So I mean, high school Noir is not a hugely subscribed to subgenre, but there is some really good stuff in there. Obviously brick uh, is fantastic. Um, you've got Veronica I- Mars as well? Yeah, Veronica Mars. Um, although I've I've never saw Veronica Mars. So I've, I started watching... Uh, so like High School Horror. So, <laughs> so we we were doing a poll for this episode. Uh, and High School and Horror, in the first draft of the poll we did for our patrons, patreon.com forward slash no It they came deadlocked neck and neck first place. Literally not a vote between it. it uh, high School and Horror exactly tied the vote. Uh, which made everyone immediately go you should do high school horror and I was just like really like, oh that is a huge subgenre because you've got Buffy, you've got the faculty um, literally like I mean Scooby Doo sort of uh, you've, there's so much uh, kind of like, it's it's a rich little vein um, hmm. but- I mean
3: the the slasher genre in general um, there's an awful lot of slasher movies are high school set um, Most most slasher films I think most iconic slasher films borderline fall into that high school horror genre
1: Yeah, I remember you kind of, um, this was before I really knew about Buffy or Angel, but you raving about Valentine, which is a David Boreanaz vehicle, which is not (laughs) something that's said often these days. But (laughs) yeah, it's like that's a slasher flick with him. Denise Richards, you know, all the stars of the the 90s, which uh, aren't quite as around today uh, as they used to be. Although Denise Richards is, of course, in a film in 2020. She's in Money Plane with Adam Copeland, otherwise known as Edge, and Kelsey Grammer as the main villain. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, wh- why is it a money plane? Oh, it's a huge casino in the sky. It's basically snakes on a plane, but it's like- Stakes uh, on a plane. It's stakes on a plane. God, oh, I was going to say rakes on a plane because they're you know they're, it's a heist <laughs> movie starring kind of shady characters, but stakes on a plane is better. Um, but I, yeah, so Valentine is very, very good. Uh, it, it's involved, it's, it involves a, the best hot tub kill probably in the genre. But yeah, no, I, I so I, I've started watching Buffy for the first time, uh, as and I did it partly to kind of get into high school, uh, the kind of that kind of world, but also because uh, I'm obsessed with this board game at the moment called Unmatched. It's really good. Uh, it's essentially a two player game, which is kind of the only game that me and my partner could really play uh, right now and it's a skirmish game, which is basically like characters with wildly different powers fighting each other with like a deck of cards. And it's got these really nice kind of little minis and the card art is beautiful because it's uh, co-made with Mondo who do these amazing uh, posters. Like if you just check, if you Google like Mondo movie poster, you'll see some of the most gorgeous art. So the art on it's fantastic. The production quality is really, really great. And it's really addictive mostly because my partner keeps absolutely schooling me at it. Uh, She's, she, batters me at this game uh which is fine we've agreed that it's fine um but there's a uh, an expansion coming out in october which is buffy uh four characters probably going to be buffy angel willow uh, willow and spike so i decided oh i really want to be i really want to care about all the little buffy in jokes and stuff uh, by the time the episode uh comes down
3: when you said you've been watching a lot of buffy because you've become obsessed, I thought you were going to finish that sentence with Alison Halligan's role
1: as Willow. She's I she's cute. I have a crush on Alison Halligan. When I, I have watched a crush that on show... pretty much all of them, to be honest, Sarah Michelle Geller, Charisma Carpenter, uh, even even Xander, they're all and like they're all they're all very charming and they are chiseled in ways that aren't like necessarily boring by today's kind of handsome TV standards.
3: Yeah, they, are. they definitely look like 90s um, high school TV stars. I also had a big crush on Alison Halligan's win when I was a kid. Uh, but re-watching it, because my fiancé and I are re-watching it at the moment, um, starting from, uh, I think we started from mid-season four, the last great season. Uh, and my, my affections have gen- definitely moved on to Tara. Uh, uh, I don't know who Tara is. I'm, I'm um, in
1: season two, which is good so far. Spike's in it, and he's great.
3: I won't, I won't spoil who Tara is for you, but uh, she is uh, very much in tune with the energies of the planet, and the um, sort of hippie of the woods aspect of myself
1: really digs that vibe. Yes, I, I figured as much. Um, I, 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 yeah, I, I'm really, I'm really digging it. I'm, I'm enjoying uh, the kind of. Uh, like what's a high school thing and what is a supernatural version we could do on this um because that is very similar to what we did with this episode of no Rolls Bard. it's like what's a high school thing oh you need the jocks versus the nerds you need the blah um, you know you know the drama societies and the band geeks and the dance uh like all the little cliques there's lo- there's lots of kind of wrestling shade you can like or a wrestling perspective you can have on like typical tropes like I love what they do in Buffy Just is like oh well what's the high school thing the talent show how can we make a demonic talent show or oh no parent teacher night what's the demonic version of that um I gather that kind of like as the show goes along its sort of own mythology starts to generate more storylines you know and its own characters but like it's it's very kind of I guess it like the first season felt a little disposable in that there wasn't like the master wasn't really in it that much for a big bad like I was I was surprised knowing about the master uh, as I do sort of like off from offhand general buffy knowledge that he was barely in season 1 really other than a few uh, scenes which he could have shot all on the same day
3: um, He might well have done man um Well, no, that's that's not true, actually. TV was shot differently back then. TV was um, shot episode to episode Ah. to the point where episodes of a season would be aired for the public before they'd finished filming. So genuinely public response to certain storylines would affect how the season pans out. Um, Spike, for example. I mean, we we all know Spike is in for the long haul. Spike was originally supposed to be killed uh, in season two, but he was so popular with the fans uh, that they kept him alive for longer. Um, yeah, well, not
1: uh, not alive, Tom.
3: Technically, hope. well, actually, <laughs> yeah. Very good, man. Um, <laughs> was that was a guess, penguin impression. That was well. I I'm in Scotland at the moment, and we passed two roads side by side. One called WAK Road, and one called WAK Place.
1: Wow, and,
3: and it's actually spelled W-A-U-G-H, exactly ah, how yeah. the penguins uh, laugh is spelt in the comics. See, I, I personally, I really like season one. I think you, you touched earlier on how I do love love a good mystery. And I think that's one of the reasons why I really like horror. Most horror stories at their heart are a kind of mystery story. Either something is going on we don't know about or something is happening which shouldn't happen. And so we want to try and figure out why it is happening. Um, and I think the first season is a really good season of, of more or less standalone um high school horror stories with the same kind of characters each time and i think part of the reason why it's a weirder rewatch now is is the way we consume tv like we as a populist tend to consume tv in binges at the moment we want to move from episode to episode to episode and so there needs to be that sense of momentum to keep us going but back then you know buffy would be the show that was on once a week and i would look forward to it every single week and so the events uh, and the fallout Uh, of each episode would sit with me for a full seven days before I saw the next one. So it wasn't so much about maintaining momentum as as actually building a season around the fact your audience would be, yeah, your audience would be sitting with it for a while. Um, And it also makes the episode seem longer, I think. Watching it as a kid it generally felt like you'd, because you spend pretty much half of your year IRL in one season of Buffy, which is a year of their life. Um, But, you know, binging stuff now, binging a show made like, binging a show that's sort of structured like that uh, it's all over very quickly, uh, you know, you're kind of barreling through big story beats and barreling through big sort of emotional changes. And it can sometimes feel like nothing really has a chance to properly sit, because back then um, the time for things to sit
1: wasn't during the episode. It was,
3: yeah, it was in the week in between.
1: Mm. I really I, I, I definitely am digging to I kind of I definitely understand that kind of like the way obviously the way we consume media is radically different but um i do really like oh you know and like that's the thing is like we we made this a two-parter kind of for it to attest to see like how our audience would kind of consume it like is it obviously like the um the like proper season of no Rolls bar their episodes are about an hour you know, a bit longer if there's something important going on, but we wanted to see if like, cause obviously like two, two and a half hours is a, is a daunting prospect. Uh, like if you see the, the video appearing that long, uh, and we wanted to see, like, is there a psychological element? Like are people being scared off by slightly longer runtimes? Would people prefer like one setting, but explore it a bit more, maybe get like a little bit of a cliffhanger out of it. Like what is, what, what you know, what is the kind of the coolest way to kind of absorb uh this stuff and i'm really interested to see kind of like how how the audience reacts to us doing a two-parter rather than like a feature length it's really fun
3: it was fun having a cliffhanger i think also it's something we've touched on in the q a's and uh booking podcasts before that when we first set out to make the show we generally thought we would be pitching something or well, making something which would be seen by a wrestling audience and like an rpg audience as well almost as two separate groups um but like you know this show is this show is predominantly um Seen by you know obviously RPG fans because I like the show, but wrestling fans as well, and a someone who isn't a straight you know died in the wall right down the line, predominantly RPG show consuming kind of viewer has less of a stomach for you know to you know because spending three to four hours watching a bunch of nerds play D and D is par for the course um, for a lot of shows. But as is more as is more polished, I think um, uh, than the sort of the stream format. And yeah, our audience isn't necessarily the kind of audience who is used to consuming content that way. But it's, it's fun doing a cliffhanger for sure.
1: Um, and we will see how that cliffhanger pays off next week on No Rolls Barred. Thank you so much uh, for listening to the show and for listening to us uh, talk ch- pr- chiefly about Buffy. Um, and we will speak to you this time next week. Goodbye.